And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I am passionate about two things, medicine and Tim Tebow, yo. And the rhino I know is Tebow. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Yes, we're going to talk about Tim Tebow, but we're going to try to have a different conversation about Tim Tebow than, than you're seeing on most shows. In fact, we're going to get a little meta and talk about why everyone is talking about Tim Tebow on all those shows. With me is Lindsay Jones from The Athletic. She is one of our national NFL writers. Uh, Lindsay and I used to cover Tim Tebow on the Florida beat back in the day, me for the Tampa Tribune, Lindsay, Lindsay for the Palm Beach Post. And Lindsay also covered all of Tim's pro career with the Broncos for the, the Denver Post. So, We've got a lot of accumulated Tim Tebow Look, knowledge. There is nobody more qualified to have this discussion than you and me, Andy. So I'm really excited that we're going to get to do this today. But and this uh, will, it'll be this, a fun walk down memory lane for us. Exactly. This will not be the same discussion everybody else. There, there will be aspects of it. But I, it was interesting. I don't normally watch the debate shows in the mornings, but I was curious to see what how they were handling this particular story and so i watched a little bit of get up and and i, I knew this was going to happen but it was still shocking to me when it did they spent as much time talking about tim tebow as they did about aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers, the reigning mvp who is trying to force his way off his team and oh by the way threatening becoming threatening becoming the jeopardy host full-time as one of his fallback options. like, And there's actually news going on there with the Packers, too, because now uh, um, Adams Devontae is like, Adams well, said, I probably, yeah. yeah, he's like, I probably won't come back if Aaron Rodgers isn't here. Like, that's a big freaking deal. So, yeah, but look, this, you know, I I was in the weeds of the Tebow thing, of Tebow mania in Denver, um, and this is what it is. It takes over everything. So either this is what the Jags knew was coming and wanted, or they were extremely naive in thinking um, that they could just kind of slip Tim Tebow onto their roster and it would just be a, a quiet thing because that is not going to happen. Well, and, and so the more I think about it, the more I think this is what they wanted. And I, everybody's saying Urban Meyer did this. Urban Meyer signed him. Urban Meyer wants this. I'm going back to when Urban Meyer got asked about Tim Tebow after the draft. He didn't sound like he wanted this. So I'm wondering, is this, is this the Jaguars doing this because you play him in a couple preseason games and maybe sell some tickets for some preseason games that you wouldn't have sold a lot of tickets for otherwise? Like, you were going to sell tickets. You have Trevor freaking Lawrence. You Trevor Lawrence. I know. I, that, that's the part I don't get. And, and that's, that's what amazes me about this whole thing. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because you did live it in Denver. Like Covering it in Florida was a different thing because – he was really good. Yeah. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. He could, he had, you know, between passing and rushing, 50 touchdowns the year he won the Heisman Trophy. Like, he was great, legitimately great. So 
that made sense. But then you get to the NFL, and he is the topic of conversation every day, even though he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league as a starter. Yeah, and Hugh, and, and that's true. I mean, so, you know, if we go back to kind of his arrival in the NFL, so he was the second of two first-round draft picks that the Broncos made um, in 2011 uh, when they dropped, or in 2010, excuse me. So they drafted Demarius Thomas, wide receiver, and then they drafted Tim Tebow. And I remember sitting in that draft room you know, I was only two years really removed from covering UF and covering his Heisman year and kind of knowing what was coming and just thinking, oh, my God, like this city has no idea what's about what's about to hit them. And all of the Tebow conversations are so it's just difficult to have just kind of like a nuanced, honest conversation about Tim Tebow because he was so polarizing as a player, kind of polarizing as a person when you get into like the the fanaticism that surrounded him. So, you know, it's it's really hard to break apart all of those different pieces and analyzing him as a quarterback, as a leader, as um as a evangelical Christian, as a uh pitch man for products, as you know, as a right. bona fide I think celebrity. He had a, like a keto free live chat, uh or not keto free, a carb free live chat last night. I, I keto I, free I is my it, way of living. Like, let's be honest. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I have actually discussed the, the diet with Tim. I don't think he's had bread in like 12 years. <laughs> like he's, he's Mr. Cauliflower pizza crust. So <sighs> that's unfortunate, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just really hard to have kind of an honest conversation. And that's what these, all these shows are having a difficult time doing right now is because, you know, you say anything about Tebow as a player, about his career as a quarterback, as his ba- about his baseball career, about the chances that he got in the NFL, and the the conversations just get twisted and warped and just go off the rails, you know, really, really, really quickly. And well, and then there's uh, so many different directions they can yeah. go. Where we just we don't talk about other players like that. Like no, nobody's nobody. having, nobody's having that conversation about Blaine Gabbert right now. Super Bowl champion Blaine Gabbert, put some respect. I know, I know, I know. With with a with an extension, I mean, he's he's back. He's he, he's mentoring Kyle Trask because you know, well, Tom's probably going to mentor him too. But um, speaking of Gator quarterbacks, I'm more interested, really, to see what happens to Kyle Trask in the NFL than. Um, but we're not know, talking about Kyle Trask like that. Who, by the way, no, could eventually be a starting quarterback in the NFL. We don't know, but. The, the the Tebow thing is is just fascinating to me because, you know, this situation, he's going into a new position. He is 33 years old. I believe he'd be 34 when the season starts. This is a case where he's got service time in the NFL, which makes him more expensive than other people at that level, at that position. Like, the odds of him making the roster are so long, and yet... Here and, and look, I'll be honest. We're doing this because I knew you'd click on it. That's why we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So here's, I think there's a couple ways that we, we need to look at this. So first of all, why does Jacksonville sign him? What is the motivation that the Jaguars have to sign him um, when you look at it from like a strictly football sense. You've been spending a lot of time around the Jags. Um, you were there during the draft weekend. You've done a lot of the roster breakdowns. Is there any football reason that makes sense to sign Tim Tebow as a tight end right now for a team that is very much in a rebuilding mode? It's the position they need the most help at. It's it's And Urban Meyer has said it. It's the, the room that needs to be rebuilt the most. But a lot of it is they couldn't get what they wanted. I mean, and Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, they couldn't get in free agency. Um, they In the draft, they, they drafted Luke Farrell, who played tight end at Ohio State. But then you heard Urban Meyer talk after the draft, like, hey, we kind of missed on some stuff, and the, the, the board didn't fall our way, which leads me to believe that, that maybe they wanted uh, Hunter Long from Boston College or Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame or, or uh, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, and it just didn't quite work out where, where their picks were slotted. Um, but I know that they need someone who can catch passes because if you look at, at the tight end roster they have, you know, they signed Chris Manhurts in free agency and he's more of a blocker. Uh, Luke Farrell is a great blocker who knows the offense, but there's nobody who's a, a threat to catch the ball and do much with it right now. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy, they, they re-signed. So, you know, but Tim Tebow probably isn't that guy either. I was going to say, do we I mean, know if Tim Tebow can catch passes? And one one routes? rep with the Jets. I mean, the, the Jets had him in kind of an H-back spot, motioned him. Sanchez tries, tries to throw it to him in the flat. And it, depending on who you ask and if you Zapruder that enough, it either got knocked away or it bounced off his face. I I don't know. Well, okay. So here's here's why I think it's important for us to have this conversation, right? Because you covered every single snap of his collegiate career. Um, I saw him play in high school. You probably saw him play in high school, I'm guessing, right? I mean, did you ever see not, any not of the in Nice person. games? I did not get to go to any Nice games in person. Okay, I, so I only I saw a couple when a nice he was... Hoover game. I saw in, in him play in the state, like state 
championship level mm-hmm. football. Um, and then I covered every snap that he took with the Denver Broncos. I wasn't in person for all of his games with the Jets, and I certainly didn't go to any of the Eagles or Patriots preseason games when he was on their roster. But I think, you know, it is important to like, who is Tim Tebow as a football player? What are his strengths? What is he actually going to bring to this roster? So when we want to say about like switching to the tight end position, what do you think that means? And what does that look like? I mean, I always kind of thought like he was Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill became a thing. I think I pitched it to our Saints writers a couple years ago that Taysom Hill was Tim Tebow without the ego that he had to play quarterback. Um, Because if Tim would have said this in 2012, probably, um, or even 2010, I mean, 2011 is its like own enigma of a season where, you know, he became the starting quarterback. The Broncos completely, you know, tore up their entire playbook to try to make it work for this guy. He would be the worst quarterback you've ever seen for three and a half quarters. Some magic would happen in the last few minutes. They would somehow win a game. They won a playoff game. They, the, the playoff game that they won against Pittsburgh was his best passing day of his NFL career. He threw for over 300. I think it was, I think it was actually 314 yards because of it matched his eye black, um, which was <laughs> another, another thing to be fair, 80 of those yards came on the walk-off touchdown in overtime. To um, that, pass that was a, you know, a little kind of swing pass that Demarius, it was a catch and run. I mean, DT did the work on that play. You know, let's be, let's be honest. Who did the work on that touchdown? But, um, you know, 2011, I think, is its own kind of weird thing. But if Tim would have been, you know, come in as a rookie, he was never going to say, I'm going to switch positions. But once he got traded to the Jets, I think if he would have been a little more open to doing more, and he was always so set on, I am a quarterback, and I will only play quarterback, he would never consider other things. Um, you know, one of the things that we, you know, when you cover athletes at this level, whatever sport it is, and even if it's the highest, the highest level of college football or pro football or basketball or baseball, whatever it is, these guys love to like have this chip on their shoulder. Right. And a lot of times mm-hmm. that chip sometimes has to be kind of manufactured. And for Tebow, it always felt to me like it was somebody along the way when he was a child or a teenager that said like, oh, you're probably not going to be a quarterback. Like your mechanics aren't right. And so he had it in his head that he had this chip that people were telling him, you can't be a quarterback. And that was one of the things that drove him. Let's forget about the fact that he was a five-star recruit. He reset or he broke Anquan Bolden's high school Florida record for all-purpose yards. Five-star recruit, um, goes to the University of Florida, wins two national championships, wins a Heisman Trophy. He was still driven by this, like, I have to be a quarterback. And the only thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to be a quarterback. Well, and, and But do remember, early in his high school career, he was not – he, he went – I believe it was University Christian, which is a, a big-time football school in Jacksonville at the time. And they had a quarterback they liked. And they're like, nah, we're going to play you elsewhere. You know, we're going to play you at, at – I, what, I think they were they're talking about as a running back or, or maybe as a linebacker or a, I, he played D tackle for them at one point. So I saw that in. that is a true Tim Tebow moment. That is one of those. I remember I wrote these a story at some point early in, when he was in Denver about like the Tim Tebow myths, like, you know, the, the stories that took on these like giant lives of their own. You know, there was the game that he played with a broken leg. Um, mm-hmm. There was the game he played defensive tackle, which I can confirm. It was the final series of the state championship game, his senior year. And they like, they just needed a stop. They needed well, th- and to this, get a stop. This is when and he he's went in and nice played and he's the starting quarterback. But yes. He's just the best player on the team. Yeah, he did. And they like, couldn't keep him off the field. And so he went out and he lined up. And I remember standing on the sideline at, 
I don't remember it was the my at the stadium in Miami. I don't remember what it was called at the time. And with three or four other reporters, and we looked and we were like, "Holy shit, that's Tim!" Can I curse on this podcast? I'm not sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> like that's wait, that's Tebow. Like Tebow is actually out there, so I can confirm that one happened. I saw it. I saw it uh, in person. Um, but yeah, so I think he's always just had that block of like, I am a quarterback and I'm going to prove that I can be a quarterback in the NFL. But he never did the right things to make himself a better quarterback in the NFL. He always struck me as like the work harder, not smarter guy. And it was the like, I can be the beast in the weight room. And, you know, we all saw the running in the rain pictures with which the is, Jets. Which when, is like, not going not gonna to make you a better quarterback. Exactly. So, but it might make him... A, like a useful all around football player. Cause I don't think there's any, you'll ever find anybody who would say that Tim Tebow wasn't a good football player. Cause he was a hell of a football well, the player. Thing, the, the, the thing Heck I of always, a football player. It, Sorry, it, Tim. <laughs> the thing I always thought, you know, cause everybody always said tight end, H back, fullback, something like that. I actually thought he would be best served if he really wanted to change positions, becoming an edge rusher because he is quick. He has freakish strength. He, from a strength standpoint, he can compete with any any NFL defensive lineman. Uh, and I thought, okay, and he's a very aggressive player. And I thought, all right, well, that might be a, a good spot for him. But since he's been playing offense most of his life, it does make sense that you would go to one of these other spots. But I'm with you. If he does this when he gets traded to the Jets, there's probably a spot. Like, maybe they they, they play him there and, and you know, because contractually they had him for a little bit longer and and would have would have been willing to work with him. Uh, I thought it was interesting because I saw Mike Tannenbaum talk about this. He was the GM of the Jets at the time. He said what shocked him was there was more stuff around Tebow, and not bad stuff, just just stuff, than when they had Brett Favre, and yeah. that that blew him away because he assumed we well, you get Brett Favre. That's a circus, but no, it was, it was, there was more with Tebow, even not the starting quarterback, Tim Tebow, even him as a backup was such a circus. And it came up in my like time hop memories, like the other day. Yeah. So a couple weeks after, whenever a couple weeks after the draft would have been that I'd posted something from May of 2010, how there were like 55 reporters at rookie minicamp, his first his first weekend in yeah. the NFL. And I remember a couple of years, you know, when it really got going, like, you know, cause he started a couple of games at the end of 2010, then it was the lockout season. So it was really kind of up in the air. Like what was going to happen? Is he going to be the starter? Kyle Orton wanted to get traded. Could they trade Kyle Orton? They came in, he lost the quarterback competition to Kyle Orton and Brady Quinn. Um, he ended up being the third quarterback um, to start that year. Um, but then once like the Tebow thing really got going, I mean, it was, they would get requests from, People Magazine, E! News, um, a lot of religious publications. I mean, just the amount of asks and credential requests and people who would show up um, on the sidelines at the games. I mean, it was insane. It was, I mean, it really was a circus. He moves the meter in a way that other players don't, other people don't. I I did a story a few years ago on Lane Kiffin, who is like that on a a lower level uh, in college. But like anything you do with Lane Kiffin blows up. Because it's Lane Kiffin. And for whatever reason, he strikes people in such a way that they have a very strong opinion or they just want to know, want to read about him, want to want to see him. And Tebow is like that times a million. And it's just like – and I know I, I, I get why 
there's a segment of the population that that likes him. And and look, I know Tim. I like Tim. He's a great guy. Nicest. Like, you meet nicest him. He's guy. so nice. Yeah. It's just, I think people cr- make him this symbol, and I'm not sure how much he wants to be that. I know. I know he's. It's made him quite a bit of money o- over the years, but it's interesting because that's what makes this so interesting and why everybody has such a strong opinion on it. It does feel like opinion has turned. Like you're not seeing many people in the know in football who are saying this is a great idea. No. And the people who would say it are probably the same people who kind of have always been banging that drum. But to be fair, I have not checked in on Skip Bayless. I make it a point not to check in on Skip (laughs) Bayless, but um, you know, he's probably like, this is the greatest signing ever and good job. Urban Meyer. He also thinks LeBron's not good at basketball. Yeah. Imagine uh, being paid to have that take. That's uh, (laughs) what a life paid a Um, lot to have that take. Well, so the other, the other thing that I think has been interesting in the last, you know, really, so this kind of first bubbled up the morning of the draft and then it got overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers. And now obviously it's back with this news that like they plan to sign him. But the other thing that's been really interesting and I think untrue in the grand scheme of things is that Urban Meyer wants to bring Tim Tebow in to be a leader and a presence in the locker room. You've covered him for a long time. You've known him for a long time. You know, his leadership style is that something that is possible? No, not because of the way a, a pro locker room works. Yes. You have to be a good player at the NFL level for NFL players to to listen to what you have to say. And the thing is, like, Tim earned the respect of the Florida players almost immediately. You, you and I know that story. I, I, you weren't covering the team his freshman year, but... I'm sure you heard the story oh, yes. of his first day in the weight room. Uh, they're doing a tug of war drill with like a towel or a rope, uh, a small rope. And he challenges Marcus Thomas, who's one of the defensive tackles and one of the best players on the team and, and hangs in with him. And, and so they respect that. And, but the thing was going back to what we said about Tim at Florida, he was legitimately great. So of course they should respect him uh, and, and should, you know, follow him. In the NFL, it's a different story. You have to show that you're capable of being good at that level. And so that's the part, like, I would imagine, and and I don't know that he's going to be around by the time all this starts, but Gardner Minshew, who currently wears number 15 for the Jaguars, by the way, uh, probably pretty decently respected in the locker room as a guy Yeah, who, I think the guys love him. Yeah, he's, came in as a six-round pick. He's a dude. Pick. Yeah, who... who, who Want a starting job. He didn't necessarily keep the starting job, but, you know, he's a guy that I would imagine is pretty well thought of in that locker room. Tim won't get that level of respect. And in fact, may get more disrespect than he probably deserves from people who feel like, well, why are you getting this chance? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is for most people to get this chance? Yeah, I I think that's my inclination is that if this was something like you were skeptical of if Urban wanted this, if Urban did want this, if Urban, if this was one of Urban Meyer's like motivational program building type of moves, it feels like something that will backfire because you can't bring in like 
And if you want, if you want Tim Tebow's presence as like a guy who can speak about life as a pro athlete and overcoming adversity and being good in the community and being a religious mentor, whatever it is, like, couldn't you sign, couldn't you add him as like a player development director? But that doesn't doesn't play with the players. Like, they they know what it's like to be a pro athlete. They are pro athletes. Like, that, that plays with the general public. Yeah. That doesn't play with actual NFL players. Yeah. And and that's the part. So if it, So is if this an that, urban miscalculation? I mean, he obviously messed up the the Doyle thing when he when he signed. Yeah, the Chris Doyle thing was was, was a really terrible bad. miscalculation. Yeah. I, this would be this would be naivete. I would call this naivete. If if this is anybody in that organization thinking that they are bringing in a leader because like the guy you just brought in as a leader is Shaquille Griffin. You're paying Shaquille Griffin because he's really good at playing cornerback in the NFL, and you're hoping he can make C.J. Henderson by association and just by yeah. being around all the time really good at playing cornerback in the NFL too. And you need to empower Trevor Lawrence to be the leader of that yeah. team, right? I, and, and even I'm not though Tim Tebow won't be in those quarterback rooms, like that, that's what they need to do. He's going to be the face of the Jaguars for a very long time. Hopefully he might become one of those face of the NFL type of players. And do you want to shield him? That's one of the other storylines that's been out there of like, Oh, this is going to take all the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. But like, no, it's not. No, all the pressures. Why would you want to do that? He's supposed to save the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to get good because of Trevor Lawrence. And here's the thing. Anybody who's ever met Trevor Lawrence knows that's not a problem for him. Like he does not care. He really does not care. Uh, I I went back a few weeks ago and and re-listened to some interviews I did with Christian Wilkins the during Trevor's freshman year at Clemson. Christian Wilkins plays with the Dolphins now. He was a senior defensive tackle on Clemson's team. Is he the, the, year that is he the was a backflip backflip guy? He do, he can do backflips. He can do splits. Uh, he gave Dabo Sweeney a wet willy after they won the <laughs> national title that year. Uh, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, and uh, so. But but Christian was the unquestioned leader of that team. The defensive line group w- was they were the leaders, and he was the leader of the Power Rangers, the the defensive lineman. And so what he said went in that locker room. But he immediately took to Trevor Lawrence, and like the so they had a situation Trevor's freshman year where. This was the first year of the four-game redshirt rule. After game four, it became clear that Trevor was the best quarterback on the roster. I mean, it, it, it had been clear for a few weeks. But Dabo decides, I'm going to start Trevor. That and, and he said it had nothing to do with the timing, but I'm sure it did, to give Kelly Bryant, who had been the starter, a chance to opt out of the rest of the season and play somewhere else the next year. He could redshirt that year and play as a redshirt senior in 2019. So, so that's what they do. Kelly does lead the team as expected. And that leaves Trevor as the starter, true freshman for a team that's supposed to win the national title. And Christian Wilkins takes him to breakfast and Trevor's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. This is what, what I came here for. That's what I expected. And none of the, none of this has ever bothered him. Like, he was supposed to be this in high school. Like when he was in high school, it was foretold that he would be the, the first pick of the two, 2021 draft. And lo and behold, here he is. So 
that you don't have to protect him from that. You don't need to have a, a you know something going on over here so nobody's bothering Trevor over here. Like it, it's going to be fine on that front. And that's the thing. If if Meyer is looking at this like I need to bring in a leader, no, 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 no. you need to cultivate what you have. You have because you have some veteran players who are pretty good who could be leaders. Shaquille Griffin, for example, Miles Jack, for example, you know, you've already got those guys. And those are the guys that people will listen to because they, they know they're good. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Is there anything that Tebow does like well as a football player that we think might still be there at age 33, almost age 34 that could, um, and because he looks like, I mean, he's clearly not missed any leg days. Um, <laughs> I, he's, I'm not, he's in I'm shape. Not, I am not going to discount Tim from a physical standpoint, because here's the thing. Everybody makes fun about the baseball thing. I don't like he decided at age 29 or 30 that he's going to try pro baseball if he doesn't break his hand, I think it was 2018, if he doesn't break his hand, he would have made the 40-man roster at the end of the season. He would have played for the Mets. Imagine even like really good athletes, like great NFL players, great, well, we can think of one really great basketball player who tried baseball mid-career. It's yeah. hard. So he, this is a really, really good athlete. And that's why I will not, I still have this little thing in my back, in the back of my mind that if he has been working hard and now he's going to have to have worked not just in the weight room, but route running recognition, you know, catch catching contested catches, all that stuff that physically he's actually what they are looking for. They do need this kind of player at tight end. I just don't know if a 33 year old has never played it before is that guy. Like they, they probably need to trade Minshew or one of their other trade chips to try to get that guy from somebody else. Yeah, that would make more sense. I just am like, you know, if we've covered enough weird stuff that's happened with Tim dating back to for you, 2006, for me, 2007, um, to, to count him out of anything of like, you know, and I think we kind of just have to brace ourselves for like, if urban wants this to happen once he's there and he's on the roster that like, you know, it's going to be a thing through training camp and that maybe he'll be there in September, which is just, I just, I, I like, just, I, know, like, I have roll a him out there on punk coverage that. or like, <laughs> I, I, he do. would have been awesome at special teams that. when he was 24. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing. You look at what Taysom Hill does for the Saints. He could have been that. Yeah. He really, anyway, as a while, but probably, probably more toward not, not what Taysom Hill is as a quarterback slash player, but more as a wildcat quarterback who is primarily a tight end. Like yeah. you wouldn't be thinking of starting him in a game at, at quarterback. Well, and, look, and Sean Payton shouldn't I, be thinking of starting Taysom Hill at quarterback, but that is a separate podcast. Uh, we have a, we'll have a whole Ian book episode here in a little bit. Cause that's one you need to pay attention to. Ian book went, went to a little Catholic school called Notre Dame. The NFL folks <laughs> may have heard, heard of him, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he may wind up if, if Jameis throws like nine, 19 interceptions in the first three games, you, you might see Ian book <laughs> with that Florida Lee on his helmet <laughs> really quick. Um, but the Tim thing, I, I am, again, because I've seen him enough to know how good of an athlete he is. If he'd have done this in 2012, he'd probably still be in the league. I think so, too. I think that's right. Um, we talked about this off, off air, and I just want to tap into this. So if Urban does want to like dip back into his like way back Florida past, who yeah. should he have signed instead? Percy Harvin. This yes, is not even Percy a question. <laughs> yes. Percy Harvin was the best player on those teams. The best player. And he was so special with the ball in his hands. And obviously, you know, he, he had his issues. He, but, you know, you look at his pro career. He had games where you saw it. He was oh, a yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Uh, well, he didn't win. He didn't win Super Bowl MVP that year, but he scored a touchdown. That's right. He did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Malcolm Smith was the MVP of that game. Oh, it should have been Cam, should have been my, Cam my, Chancellor. My bad. <laughs> Wasn't Malcolm Smith also Mr. Irrelevant? So Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl uh, MVP? That's... I don't think so. No, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. I think of another former USC player, yeah. I think. But the MVP of that game should have been Cam Chancellor. But um Yes. But it was Malcolm Smith. But Percy Che, I mean, I mean, this is that like, you know behind the journalism curtain or whatever. I was at USA Today and I was writing the Broncos side of that Super Bowl no matter what mm-hmm. happened. And I wrote my lead after the first play of the game. And when Percy took back the second half kickoff for a touchdown, I be- I filed. Like, I was like, I, good. I, I'm not going to have to change a single okay. thing. And that wasn't, wasn't the first play of the game. Uh, the, it was the, a safety. The ball sailing over Peyton Manning's head. Yep. <laughs> yes. So yes, it was. Yes, it was. That, but so yeah, Percy is living in Gainesville. Um, he put out a video, it was pre-pandemic, that showed him running in the stadium and, and running up the, the ramps. And he looks, I mean, he, so he, uh, behind the curtain, we live very close to each other. I see him in the gym sometimes. He's still very strong. <laughs> He's still in Probably very, very fast. <laughs> yeah. So, so what about the Pouncey brothers? Both we recently yeah. retired. I think with the Steelers and the Dolphins would have to relinquish their rights. That would be the the question. Like uh, charge, yeah, charge. Steelers and charge. Oh, but char- look, charge. it, it happened right. with Rob Mike Gronkowski last year, yeah. where you know the the Patriots agreed to allow him to unretire, and then they technically traded him to the Bucks because Tom Brady wanted him. So maybe Urban Meyer could pull a couple strings and bring back a Pouncey brother. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Carlos Dunlap recently resigned with the Seahawks. So yeah. if they need a pass rusher, maybe um, pull off a trade there for Carlos Dunlap. And he's um, really the only defensive guy. He and Joe, Joe Hayden, Hayden, right? Yeah. So, yeah. which is which is interesting because they had, you know, Meyer signed some some really good defensive talent toward the end 
of his time there. Uh, Ronald Powell, for those who don't, that's a name probably people don't remember because his NFL career was not very illustrious. Ronald Powell was actually a higher rated recruit than Trevor Lawrence was. Wow. I don't remember that guy. You don't exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was decent at Florida. I believe he was like a mid round draft pick. Uh, but he did not did not last long in the NFL. Sharif Floyd was a first round draft pick, though, who signed with with Urban Meyer. Um, but yeah, the, the the defensive players on those teams, even though they were they they were good defenses, with the exception of the year ten when the Heisman, when it was not a very good defense. But they they just didn't they didn't have it. Um, Riley Cooper's out of the league. Don't think they're going to be calling yeah, was, on him. He was cancel culture before cancel culture was cancel culture. Yeah. Jeff Jeff Demps is uh it, it was it was interesting because I really thought with with the two second round picks and the third round pick one of those was going to go toward trying to get Rondell Moore because he's like the elite football player version of Jeff Demps. Yeah. Um I'm looking back through some of these other guys that Urban had signed along. Well, actually the way. Ron- Rondell's maybe like elite Chris Rainey. I think that's that's probably more. Another guy I saw play in high school. Wonder what he's up to. Um, the one interesting, I mentioned it, I mentioned him to you earlier. Laurenti McCray, linebacker. Um, on the roster. On the Jags roster. He opted yeah. out of uh, last season, but I guess he should be back. So Tebow had one teammate. One of his college teammates will now be his Florida teammate. Perhaps. Uh, Joe, Joe Cullen will have to decide if, if McCray makes the roster because they, they've shaken the things. Although McCray, I think, kind of fits what they want out there, but you know, they, obviously they got Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on. Those are, those are going to be your, your two big edge rushers. Well, so is when you, we look like he, it's okay. Tebow has not even signed. This is like a, according to NFL network plans to sign. This may not, this may not even happen. This what may be them sticking their finger happen? in the wind. Well, then Which, we got a podcast out of it, Lindsay. We got a po- <laughs> so what's your prediction? What do you think? Um, what do you think is going to happen with this? He signs, he goes to camp, they play him in a preseason game or two, and he's cut. That's so depressing. Well, it, it, it's, but this is just how it goes. I mean, and now, and then everyone will turn to, when's he going to become a coach? Because that was the question I got before the news came out about him working out for the Jags. I was, I was out with some people, uh, just other parents of, of the kids in my kids' grade, and they kept asking me about Tebow as a coach. They're like, is Urban going to hire him to coach quarterbacks? I'm like, why? Why would he that do that? That sounds like a terrible and, idea. And, and, then, and then why would Tim do that? Tim makes seven figures to talk on ESPN. Like, why would he take the pay cut for a job that is much more labor intensive that he's never done before, that he's probably not qualified to do? Well, that's the other layer to this, too, is like, what's in this for Tebow other than his own... Wanting to just prove to, that he can he do it. He wants to play. Yeah, he wants to play football. And listen, I don't begrudge him that if someone will give him a chance, he'll keep taking them until they stop giving them. This yeah. probably's it as far as... And and so he gets to come out with a chip on his shoulder and, and try to prove everybody wrong, which is you know good for him. And if he can, that's great for him. But the thing is, it's a very uphill climb because it's a position he hasn't played before. There will be much younger people who are cheaper who can probably play it as well. And that makes it very hard to make a team. 
Well, it's going to be interesting, and we will try to continue to have nuanced conversations about it as much as possible when that is basically impossible when you're talking about Tim Tebow. Um, it'll be interesting. Lindsay, let's just sure. set a podcast for week eight when Tim has caught 35 balls and seven touchdown passes, and we are we are – waiting for the MVP campaign to start. Oh my God. And you are doing the drive from Gainesville to Jacksonville, hopefully without any speeding tickets in between. uh, Good news. So the, the Waldo police department that, which was notorious for, for snagging people as they, as they rolled through town between Gainesville and Jacksonville has, has folded because the state passed a law saying you could only have a certain percentage of your municipal revenue from traffic fines and so they follow oh. the police department. So the Alachua County Sheriff's Department, believe it or not, does not care as much. Good about to know. Next time in North Florida, I'll drive you're more going than on 35 miles per hour through there. <laughs> there you go. So Lindsay Jones, thank you so much. I cannot wait to talk to you midseason when Tim Tebow is making his MVP case. I can't wait. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. It never is a dull moment with uh, with our friend Tim. And he is our friend. I want to be clear. We like Tim Tebow. He really is a good dude. He's a good dude. Bad football. All right. Uh, I mean, bad quarterback. (laughs) Not bad football player. Bad quarterback. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna find out about the football player part. Yeah. That's 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 what we find out in the next few months. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks. Bye, Andy. 